Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. Today, Dr. Forrest presents a special message titled, It's All About Love. Today, we're going to talk about It's All About Love. Yes. It was actually my idea. It was. <laughs> she said, why don't we call it It's All About Love and me and you do something together? And I was like, wonderful. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it's actually like, that's a great idea. I just don't have any idea how to do that. But we put it together over the last three or four days and hope that you like it. So... You know, we thought we'd do something a little bit different this morning, and we decided to call it, It's All About Love. <laughs> Whether you're ministering in the gifts of the Spirit, cultivating or growing a relationship, or just getting along with your fellow man, it really is all about love. Yes. But as many of you probably already know, love is more than just an emotion. Whether it's love for your spouse, love for your family, love for a special friend, or love for your fellow saints, or love for random strangers. Surely you've realized by now that walking in love, as opposed to feeling the love, don't always go together. And just so you know, the term walking in love is more than a cliche. It's actually found in the Bible. Amen? If you would turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, New King James Version, Ephesians Chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. All right. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Amen. So what better way to imitate the Father God and follow the example of His Son Jesus than by walking in love with your fellow man? But to walk in love the way the Father and the Son do, you got to do more than just love people. You have to give yourself for people. Yeah. Some powerful examples that come to my mind. John 3.16 God so loved the world that He gave. You know, he actually gave himself. Mm -hmm. He came to earth as a man and he gave himself in the form of his only begotten son. Yeah. The son of God loved me and gave himself for me. That's Galatians 2.20. The man Christ Jesus gave himself a ransom for us all. First Timothy chapter two, verse five and six. You get the picture it's more than just loving people. It's giving yourself to people. Amen? We need to give ourselves for others if we're ever going to learn to truly walk in love. Yeah. Amen. You know, walking in love, I'm really making great strides with. It's driving in love that I still have problems with. <laughs> Anybody else out there having trouble with driving in love? Yes. Now, when I say that you need to give yourself to others... It doesn't necessarily mean that you'll have to sacrifice your life for someone else. More often than not, it means that you'll have to give yourself in the sense that you elevate other people's needs more highly than your own. 
Amen? All right. But first, sorry, Marcy. (laughs) Before we get too much further into the topic of walking in love, we're going to switch to an interview and eventually a tag team format with me and my beloved. (laughs) This is my beloved Trish. And Marcy will be our moderator and our MC. So one more note of instruction. Just say, hey, mom, and ask her a question, and then, hey, dad, so that you don't, and then we'll, we'll take it from there. You know what I'm saying? Hey, mom, this. Got it. <laughs> I don't want her lacking any more instruction. I apologize. Well, what I was going to say earlier is, if you've been on Facebook at all, I'm sure you've seen the little Valentine's uh, love surveys that couples have been doing where they kind of fill out. That. So that's kind of what this is. Just to peel back into the lives of Pastor Scott and Trish and maybe learn a little bit more about them and how they met and et cetera, et cetera. It's always fun. We actually borrowed it from some evangelist friends of ours, Mark and Victoria Bowling. I was laughing my head off when I read through it. I said, we have got to do this. Take it away, Marcy. All right. First question is, how did you guys meet? And you guys can just pass the mic back and forth. We have a difference of opinion. (laughs) What's your version, Dad? In my version, we met at a dance club. (laughs) Okay. and so Disco club? No, it was a a, um, beach boardwalk. Carolina shag kind of place in Newburn. It was called the boardwalk and I say it was a dance club. She's got a different version. What's your version? It was a bar. (laughs) (laughs) It was a bar with a very small dance floor. I mean, not the dance floor is probably about as big as the platform, if that. So, but that wasn't your first date. No, that That wasn't our first. So, what was your first date? We have a difference of opinion about that. We actually are struggling to remember, but the way I remember it, uh, I invited her to come over to my house, and I was going to fix her some something to eat, and uh, she got sicker than, a, sicker than a dog. She was living in, Green, I was living in Greenville. Greenville, and I was in Jacksonville stationed with the Marines, and I invited her down, and she got sick as a dog and was throwing up and stuff when she came into the house, and so what I did is I made her some chicken noodle soup. She laid down on the couch for the two or three hours that she was there. And then when she got a little bit better, I sort of said, I think you should go home and get in the bed. <laughs> so that's, that was our first date. At least that's what I remember. She has no recollection of it. That's because oh, it wow. was so bad. How long have you been together? Answer at the same time. Almost 38 years. Okay. Uh, uh, almost- that wasn't the same time. I was going to see if you both Actually, how long thing. have we been together how includes been together? before yes. we were married, so that's almost 39 years. Yeah. Almost 39 years. Amazing. And so then you've been married. Thir- almost 38. Almost 38. In April, it'll be 38 years. I know we don't look that young or that old. <laughs> and your age difference. What's your age difference between the two of you? Seven years. I'm the oldest. <laughs> Who was interested first? Me. <laughs> Why don't you tell the story of uh, how that happened? I I was actually in Newburn for the weekend. I was going to school at East Carolina, and I drove home for the weekend. And a couple of my girlfriends and I went to this bar, 
and <laughs> nightclub. And, um, and he was there the first time I saw him. And, um, you know, in a small town like New Bern, you ne- pretty much know everybody. And so you hang out with the same people. And I saw him and I thought, he's new. He's not from around here. <laughs> and uh, I made eye contact with him a couple times. And he was always standing over by the jukebox. And uh, so, yeah, I was interested first, I think. I think I asked him to dance first. Who said, I love you first? Actually, that was me. Okay. Uh, we went to another establishment in Atlantic <laughs> Beach. Another bar, you mean? <laughs> These were pre-serving the Lord days, okay? Give us some slack. We went to another establishment at Atlantic Beach, and we walked away from the boardwalk. And I remember it was really cold April night, and the wind was blowing, and she was cold, so I put my hoodie on her. And she looked so cute in the moonlight. I just said, I have got to tell her how I feel about her. So I, I said, I'm struggling to tell you this, but I think I'm falling in love with you. Aw, precious. <laughs> All right. I know the answer to this next question. <laughs> Who is most impatient? Pastor Trish. <laughs> Who is the most sensitive? Wait a minute. Let's get back to the oh, impatient. Okay. impatient. Especially when it comes to computers. <laughs> if she can't figure it out, you can't help her figure it out. Because she's short-circuiting so badly, you can't even get through to her. You just have to leave the room and just pray that she doesn't kill the computer. That's true. Who is the most sensitive? Uh, he is. Yeah, I, I guess I am Scott. a sensitive guy. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. I also know the answer to this question. <laughs> Who is the loudest? Uh, y'all want to take a guess? <laughs> Pastor That's Scott. That's because I come from the loud family. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Imagine having that for a dad your whole life. Um, who is the most stubborn? I feel like that's a tie. Yeah, I think that's a tie. <laughs> They're both pretty stubborn. Yeah. Who falls asleep first? We all know the answer to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever been to the house. Hey, listen, I can fall asleep in mid-conversation with someone, you know, if I'm comfortable. <laughs> and of all the military aircraft that I've flown, I just want to confess to you, I have fallen asleep at the controls of every single airplane I've ever flown. <laughs> That is the stuff of nightmares, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the aircraft were multi-place. There was another pilot. But in the A-10, it was a single-pilot fighter. I was on my way back from uh, California, and I nodded off by myself in the A-10 Thunderbolt. Yeah, it scared me. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's for another time. I'll share that story for anybody who <laughs> wants to hear. All right, who cooks better? Neither. Well, <laughs> we well don't you're a pretty good cook. You do not cook. No, yeah. we, we don't cook a whole lot. We cook at special occasions like Christmas, right. Thanksgiving, that kind of stuff. But normally we, we, are not, we are bad about cooking. Now, we cook for our dogs. <laughs> we do. They get there like they this doggy stir fry. And, <laughs> and we just, we exist off of... TV dinners. 
Who's the better driver? I am. <laughs> I would have to say she is. And what do you say about the way I drive? He, he drives his, our car like he's driving an airplane. So. I can attest to that. That is true. <laughs> um, most competitive. I think that's a tie. Tie. We're very competitive. In fact, if you want us to play a board game with you, we have to be on the same team <laughs> or we will come to blows. Okay. <laughs> it's just how competitive we are. Funniest. Uh, I don't if know. you count dad jokes. Yeah, I guess dad jokes. I think you're both pretty funny. I actually learned to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's a skill. It, it is a skill. skill. It's a learned skill. I grew up in a household that uh, there was not a whole lot of joy there. And um, so I remember the first time he came for dinner and um, at my, my parents' you know, house, and we were sitting there having dinner, and he cracked a joke, and him and I were just laughing our heads off, and my parents were sitting there with stone faces. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I had to learn to be funny. Amen. And she caught up, and she cracks me up all the time now. <laughs> all these puns that she comes out with, I'm like, whoa, you are learning, grasshopper. <laughs> Who is the neat freak? Her, hands down. Yeah. That's where your two daughters get it from. The other one, we won't talk about that. (laughs) She's not a neat freak. Where was your first kiss? Do you guys remember? On the lips. (laughs) No! (laughs) Good one. Oh, my gosh. Good one. (laughs) I kissed her on the veranda. That's from Three Amigos, if anybody remembers that. Okay, praise the Lord. Where? Where, Um, The location? It was actually in the car, in the the parking lot of the establishment called the Boardwalk. (laughs) Of the bar that you were (laughs) Awesome. Um, Who is the first one to admit they're wrong? I am. (laughs) <laughs> I think it's the duty of every married man to learn to apologize even when he knows his wife was the one that was wrong. <laughs> Amen. It just keeps the peace. It's your responsibility. <laughs> Who sings better? He does. I think you both sing well. Um, no, I wouldn't sell her short. She's got a good voice. You know, we used to lead worship oh, in two churches. I know. I don't know if you guys knew that. They've done everything in case you didn't know. Youth, That's a different story. kids, prison. Worship, pastor, nursery. nursery. We haven't actually yeah. been in They're prison. servants, these ones. <laughs> prison, yeah, prison ministry. Um, all right, we're almost done. Who spins the most? <laughs> I think I do, probably. <laughs> spins, no comment. Spends money. Oh. She doesn't spend a whole lot of money on herself. She feels guilty when she does. I tell her, go get you some clothes, for heaven's sake. So sweet. Where is the furthest you have traveled together? Tanzania, Africa. 2014, we went over there to help our good friends, Dr. Egan and Hannah Falk, and a gospel crusade on the border of Kenya, and it was a life-changing experience. Amen. Who drives when you go somewhere? I'm the driver. Yeah. I'm, I was going to say, I don't know that they, I've they ever seen They should make a movie called Driving Miss Trish. <laughs> <laughs> what, is 
Well, hopefully that gives you guys. You missed a very important one. What? Which one? Who hogs the remote? Oh yeah, I skipped a couple for time's sake. Who hogs the remote? Well, her hands down. Oh oh. Okay, I was wrong. Because she has to control the volume during the commercials. Oh yeah, I get that. Yeah. There you go. These are all axioms that all married people know about. That's it. That's it. Amen. Well, hopefully Hallelujah. that gives you guys some insight into the fun pastors you have and their history together. Please don't hold anything against us. All right. So go ahead. Now, let's make sure that's the American use of that word, because, you know, um, but I learned early on when I was in college at NC State that if you wanted to um, fill up your dance card, learn to do the Carolina shag and you would have a steady stream of girls asking you to dance. And so that's how I met my wife. Actually, she asked me to dance. She saw me dancing with an she says an older woman, you know. And so after I got done dancing with her, she came up and asked me to dance. I, now, granted, I was 19 and he was 26 when we met. The older so. woman was probably in her 30s. You know. <laughs> anyway, yeah. praise the Lord. And I wasn't born again when we met. And he I was, was backslidden. He was backslidden. We all know that this was pre-serving the Lord days. <laughs> all right. So and let's. he actually led me to the Lord. Okay, and that's a good thing to share. the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was privileged and honored to yeah. lead her to the Lord and into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Although it was three years before she spoke in tongues in front of me. <laughs> Amen. I was just a little bit shy. Yeah, I get it. All right, so praise the Lord. Hope you had a little bit of fun. We did. So we're going to get back to Paul's famous chapter on love, and we'll wrap it up with this. So we're going to take a little time and talk about what some people call the love chapter, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Amen. And as you're getting there, I want to point something out before we get started. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the so-called love chapter, is sandwiched between chapter 12 and chapter 14, which are all about spiritual gifts. So Paul's discussion of love was written in the context of operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Nevertheless, the principles contained in chapter 13 can absolutely apply to walking in love in your everyday life. So with that in mind, let's go through this famous chapter and see what we can learn. I'm going to read it to you in the New American Standard Bible. That's Tricia's favorite translation. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1 through 8a, the first part of 8. If I speak with the tongues of mankind and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give away all my possessions to charity, and if I surrender my body so that I may glory, most translations say surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it does me no good. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. Love does not brag. It is not arrogant. It does not act disgracefully. 
It does not seek its own benefit. It is not provoked, does not keep an account of a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It keeps every confidence. It believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Amen. So what Paul does in this masterful passage is he tells us in very practical terms just what walking in love looks like. He tells us what love is, and he tells us what love is not. So what I did is I broke those out into two lists, what love is and what love is not, and we're going to go through them. not going to spend a whole lot of time on each of them, but we're going to go through them one by one. And I'm going to start with what love is, and she gets the hard part, what love is not. Well, I wouldn't say it's the hard part. It's more like characteristics that I'm working on in my life. (laughs) Well, she chose them. She said, I want the what love is not, because these are things I'm working on. All right, so what love is? Love is patient. Love is kind. Those two are kind of self-explanatory, right? If you're impatient and unkind to someone, you're not walking in love. You know, if they're being very impatient with you and unkind to you, the loving thing is to be patient and kind with them regardless. Amen? Love rejoices with the truth. You know, Jesus said in John 17, 17, Father, your word is truth. So you could say it like this, love rejoices with and in the word of God. Amen. Love keeps all confidence. You know, the example I think about, if someone shares something with you in confidence, you don't betray that confidence by sharing it with others unless that person gives you specific permission to do that. Amen. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. In other words, love never gives up, never loses hope. Love endures through every type of circumstance. Amen? Amen. Forgot you got your own mind. This is what love is not. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag. Love is not arrogant. Love does not act disgracefully. Love does not seek its own benefit. It seeks the benefit of others. Love is not provoked. It is not easily offended. Love does not keep account of a wrong suffered. It forgives and forgets. Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness. Love never fails. It never ends. It will always remain. It is the only thing that is eternal. And you were going to read 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 3.13 in the New American Standard says, But now faith, hope, and love remain. These three, but the greatest of these is love. I, I feel like that the faith, hope, and love, when it says the only one or the greatest one is love, I feel like the reason it says that is because Love is eternal, and faith and hope, if you think about eternal and eternal life, when you get to heaven, you're 
not going to need faith or hope because your faith and your hope is already going to be realized when you get to heaven. But you will continue to be um, to need love. And so that's why I think that 1 Corinthians says it that way, that the greatest of these is love. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. Praise the Lord. All right, so I just want to wrap things up uh, with a passage that really reinforces what we've been talking about this morning. And we've been talking about our responsibility as men and women of God to walk in love with our fellow saints and with uh, our fellow man, uh, which many times has to happen independent of our emotions and independent of our feelings. Amen? Or it wouldn't be called walking in love. You would just be in love all the time. There would be no walk associated with it. If you would, turn in your devices or your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to read verse 12 through 14 in the New American Standard. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so must you do also. In addition to all these things, listen to this, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Love is something you're going to have to walk out. Love is something you're going to have to put on. This scripture tells us that compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, forbearance, and forgiveness are the way that we put on love. To put on love is to walk in love independent of your emotions and your feelings. Galatians 5.22, listen to this, says that the love of God abides in the one who was born again. So if you're born again, the love of God is already in you. All you have to do is bring it out, walk it out so other people can see it. Amen. That love can be activated by action, by making a determination that you're going to walk out what you know lives on the inside of you. The love of God. Yeah, it's a choice. Because in the final analysis, it really is all about love. Amen? Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed Dr. Forrest's message. It's all about love. If you're in the Wilmington area and are looking for a place to worship, come join us on Sunday at 9.45 a.m. for coffee and fellowship and 10.30 for worship and service. If you would like to learn more about us, and hear more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.